0: time for the mea culpa here's what we got wrong this season you are locked on mlb prospects part of the locked on podcast network your team every day yes welcome on in to locked on mlb prospects your home for all things minor league baseball i'm your host lindsey crosby Freelance baseball writer and podcaster. And thank you for making this your first listen every single day. We're probably part of the Locked On Podcast Network where it's your team every day. And today's episode is made possible by our friends at Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash Locked On MLB or enter promo code Locked On MLB for a free water bottle with any order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. So I've been promising I was going to do this. Let's talk about some of the things that we, I, got wrong this season. And quick observation, well, one, okay, a couple things. One, all of the name pronunciations are just baked into this by now, okay? I, I am terrible with names. A lot of, the, a lot of those are going to be wrong. We do not have enough time for me to go through and list all of those. But I've noticed a couple significant mats that we got wrong. I want to start with one that we got wrong because we didn't think he'd be as good As he actually is, and that's Matt McClain of the Cincinnati Reds. So, entering the year, I was talking about where do you play everybody in Cincinnati? And Matt McClain was one of the guys that I was saying, you're probably going to, he's probably limited to second base, one. And then, if not second base, you're going to kick him out to center field because one, you need outfielders, and two, He's not better than a lot of the other options to play at shortstop. Matt McClain was one of the first guys to get promoted in that wave of youngsters, that number one class of rookies that we talked about earlier in the week. And in 89 games for Matt McClain in the majors, 290, 357, 507, 16 home runs, 43 extra base hits. 31 walks to 115 strikeouts and 14 and 19 on stolen bases. So we were right. I was right when it came to the strike, the swing and miss being an issue. But the power's been a lot better than we thought it was, and the defense has been a lot better than we thought it was going to be. So when it came to the power, my concerns with Matt McLean was that he was not going to be selective enough to optimize the power potential that he had which I thought was not quite necessarily average to above average I thought it was below average to maybe average this sample 89 games is statistically significant enough he's seen 1600 pitches in the majors he has a 10.8 percent barrel rate which the MLB average is 6.9 and his max exit velocity is 109.9 with his average being 89.3 the MLB average on exit velocity is 88.4. So, Matt McClain, right there, the power is at least average. And he's been able to get it into the game. The big thing here has been his ability to not chase to the point where he can optimize the contact. 25.4% chase rate is right around 75th percentile. So, he's One of the top 25% in baseball at limiting chase. Now, he does still have significant swing and miss. And that's why the strikeout numbers are so bad. He does have 115 strikeouts because he does miss. But when he misses, at least he's missing in the zone. He's not missing out of the zone. And that's theoretically something you can fix. But when he makes contact... Sweet spot percentage, 39.6%. That's 93rd percentile. Again, the barrel rate, 10.8%, 70th percentile. Hard hit percentage, 42.4%. That's just about 60th percentile. He's doing a really good job at optimizing contact. And as he gets better at closing some of the holes in his swing, you're going to see him get better at at strikeouts, lower that strikeout rate. It takes guys often quite a while. Ronald Acuna Jr. cut his strikeout rate in half in like his fifth year in the bigs. Like it takes guys a while to do this, but Matt McClain has a positive run value on just about every type of pitch but sweepers. He is fantastic against fastballs, plus seven run value on four seamers and sinkers. He's at plus three on sliders and curveballs. And then changeups, he's at plus one. And it, not necessarily something that I expected to happen, right? A lot of his strikeouts come on sliders and changeups, and those, for the most part, are strikeouts in the zone. Swings and misses, when you can land a slider for a strike, you can get Matt McClain. He will not chase those, but if you can land it for a strike, he will swing and miss, especially when it tunnels really well, but he's a very good fastball hitter. So, first thing we got wrong was the power the second thing that we got wrong is the defense I didn't necessarily know if his defense would be good enough to stick it short and I think there's a couple factors at play here the first factor at play is we don't have great infield defensive data in the minors like even on the triple a stat cast stuff we just don't have great defensive data and so because of that a lot, it's a lot m- more impacted by your individual looks at a player. And it's entirely possible to see a guy struggle a couple times in a live look and because of that, maybe underrate his defense when he pro- probably just had a bad day on defense. Uh, but I also think part of it is seeing the struggles that Bobby Witt Jr. had last year and. Connecting those two players, probably unfairly. And so I was underrated his defense a bit from a perspective of speed, 90th percentile sprint speed for Matt McClain. His range is 77th percentile. His arm strength is above average, which it's been stronger than I thought it would, 86.3. It's been better than I expected. And then the given that defense typically gets better as you rise through the minors, And as well as when you spend time in the majors, your defense gets better. Bobby Witt's a plus defender this year when he was atrocious at short last year. So I think some of that is the looks that I got of Matt McClain. His defense wasn't great when I saw him in the minors. Combined with the fact that I expected, obviously, you have so many other infielders, including guys who are plus defenders. I expected, I just... Instinctively said because they're better defenders, and other guys of a similar profile to Matt McClain have been poor defenders. I'm prob I probably was a little too low on Matt McClain's defense. Apologies to Matt McClain. He's supposed to be coming off of the IL sometime soon, and I would fully expect, given the struggles that LAD De La Cruz has had at the major league level with strikeouts, which. We weren't wrong about. We've talked about he strikes out a ton, more than 30% at every level. He's just also made it work. Uh, given some of the struggles, you may see Matt McClain go from more of a second base role to more of a shortstop role. And I will say at shortstop, he has been he's had a negative outs above average value moving laterally, but he is exceptionally good at charging balls and at backing up to get balls. That's been really surprising a lot of shortstops I feel like chal- uh, are challenged by that come in to get a slow roller, bare hand, grab and throw. And Matt McClain has been very good at that, but he's actually negative one on outs above average, moving to either side, either to his right or to his left, which is surprising because his speed in this range are good. So I don't know if that's quite, if that's picking it up off the bat or what that might be, but either way, Matt McClain better on defense than we expected. Uh, In just a minute, there's more mats that we got wrong. And in this case, we thought they were going to be better than they actually were. We'll talk about that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. These shorts are amazing, okay? So here's what happens. They make you look good, right? They're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg. So all of the time you've spent in the gym, you're doing your squats and all of that, it pays off. They fit like a Lululemon short does, but significantly cheaper. And obviously they fit better than regular shorts because it's not that thick restrictive cotton. This is their unique cloud knit fabric. It looks like khaki, but it stretches. So you get that slimmer fit. You don't have to sacrifice your ability to move. And this fabric is like an anti-stink sweat wicking stuff can keep you cool and dry all day long. I wear mine all the time. It doesn't matter if I'm going to a bar to have a drink, if I'm going to the golf course, if I'm going to you know the bank, whatever I'm doing, I wear the bird dogs and I feel comfortable. I feel good. And we've talked about this before. When you look good, you feel good. When you feel good, you play good. You pay. You play good, they pay good. Go to BirdDogs.com slash mlb or enter promo code LockedOnMLB at checkout for a free bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's BirdDogs.com slash for a free water bottle at checkout. You will not want to take your Bird Dogs off. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at DoorDash. You've trusted them to bring you your favorite favorites You've trusted them to bring you your favorites from restaurants when you've been home late at night and you have, the, you have the munchies, when you're too busy to make lunch and you're working from home, whatever it may be, you've trusted them to bring you restaurant food. Now they can bring you groceries as well. If you're having a thing on a Saturday morning and you realize, hey, we don't have any syrup for our pancakes, we're out of coffee creamer. You can use DoorDash Grocery Delivery to take care of those last minute cravings conveniently or if you just don't have the time to drive to the grocery store and spend an hour walking through all of the aisles to get your stuff you can go online order it from DoorDash and they will bring it to you when you want you just sit back and you get quality groceries just like you picked them yourself get 50% off your first first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. It's a limited time offer, terms do apply, but it's 50% off up to a $20 value on your order with no minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONMLB. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONMLB for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Okay, so there's a couple different mats that we struggled with and we maybe overrated them a bit. And the first one, and this is hard because he was a prospect at the pod, Matt Mervis, first baseman for the Cubs. We were really fired up for Matt Mervis to get promoted. You'll remember we had the hashtag free Matt Mervis. It was a big thing with our friends over at Locked On Cubs. And Matt Mervis struggled at the major league level. And that's putting it politely. 27 games, so about a month's worth of play. Not... The end-all be-all for a sample, but a month's worth of play in those 27 games, 167, 242, 289. Three home runs, five extra base hits, eight walks to 32 strikeouts. He didn't struggle in A. okay? His stats, not uh, 97 games in AAA Iowa, 287, 404. 537, very close to a 345 slash line. 21 home runs, 45 extra base hits, 65 walks to 96 strikeouts, two or three on stolen bases. And digging into it a little bit more, what we missed with Matt Mervis was how he was getting his hits in AAA A versus how he was not getting them in the bigs. Okay, so he's not chasing. He's actually chasing less in the majors than he chased in AAA. AAA chase rate this year, 29.9% for Matt Mervis. Major League Baseball chase rate for Matt Mervis, 28.4%. So he chased less in the majors than he chased in the minors. And when he got a hold of one, he absolutely crushed it. Average exit velocity of 91. You'll remember average is 88.4. His max was 111.8. The power's there. His barrel rate was 13.8%, where the major league average is 6.9. But what we got wrong is he struggles to hit major league fastballs. Okay? His end zone contact rate in AAA... Eighty three point two percent in the minors. I'm sorry. His his minor league zone contact rate. Eighty three point two percent in the majors. Seventy six point seven. And when you break down what it was. Four seam fastballs up in the zone. Sinkers down in the zone. Matt Mervis had a negative three run value on four seamers up in the zone, a 143 batting average with a 250 slug. He swung and missed 30% of the time on those. And then down in the zone, minus two run value on sinkers, batting average of .071. It's really hard to get detailed minor league data on specific pitches that guys struggle with versus specific pitch types to figure out that this was going to happen with Matt Mervis. It's something where I believe it's because the quality of the pitches is so much better in the majors versus even in AAA because you'll remember Triple-A is a lot of the guys that are there are guys that are still trying to make it back to the bigs or a bunch of quad-A guys. And Matt Mervis just wasn't facing as good of pitchers and as good of fastballs at the minor league level. Another factor that I think could have been at play here is the automated balls and strikes system in AAA. So the way it works is three games of the series are completely robot zones. And those zones are small. And they've really taken away the fastball up in the zone. In AAA, Matt Mervis is making a 72% contact rate against fastballs, and he's only chasing 24% of the time. And I think a lot of that is because elevated fastballs, in AAA are not as much of a thing because the automated balls and strikes does not call those strikes like major league umpires do it and one there's a lot more to understand about the automated balls and strikes besides just what are the effects like it, it changes how pitchers are pitching in AAA so there's that and ultimately it's also a sign that, yeah, we can get really excited about a guy. We think he's the next shiny thing, and he's not always going to work out right away. I still believe Matt Mervis will be a good major leaguer, but I still think that if you struggle to hit fastballs, you're not going to be long for Major League Baseball. And so he has things that he has to correct. We got Matt Mervis wrong, and I feel like we got Matthew Libertor wrong too. I talked yesterday, when we are talking about Drew Thorpe, about velocity, movement, and release. And you had to have two of those. And I was so high on Matthew Liebertor because he added velocity in the offseason. But he didn't fix the movement profile of his pitches. And Matthew Liebertor from last year, he was 2-2 two two with a five nine seven ERA in nine major league appearances. Struck out 28 guys in 34 and two-thirds innings. And I went on Locked On Cardinals and said, I believe in Matthew Liebertor this year, he's added some velocity and he looks better. And right now, he is three and five with a 537 ERA, has struck out 43 batters in 57 innings. And the reason why Matthew Libertor has struggled is yes, he added some velocity. One, he didn't add enough. His sinker went from 92 to 94, but also. He didn't fix the movement profile. It's most of his pitches, with the exception of his curveball, has greater than average vertical drop and horizontal movement. So the curveball is really good. And that's one of the only pitches he has with a positive value on it. But everything else moves less than average. He gets half an inch less vertical movement on his fastball. Than most guys. He gets four inches of less vertical movement on the sinker and an inch and a half less movement horizontally on that sinker. The changeup is four and a half inches less movement vertically and two inches less movement horizontally. So he added a little bit of velocity, but not enough to make up for the poor movement profile of the pitches, with the exception of the curveball which is tw- moves 12% better than average. But does that offset a sinker that sinks 19% less than average? Does that make up for a change-up that sinks 15% less than average and moves horizontally 13% less than average? It doesn't. Even the fastball doesn't move as much as other fastballs do. And so for me, it was... That was a realization that, hey, I focused on velocity without looking at all these other things. And admittedly, it's hard to know about all of those other things until you see them in person, right? I can't get a report. Oh, hey, yeah, he added two miles an hour on his fastball. That's great. But nobody's going to tell me, is it moving more or less than it was? And so that's a warning sign for me of, hey, don't be obsessed with velocity Wait to make sure that they've made the other corrections that have to be made to show that they're ready to be major leaguers in their second go-around. In just a minute, I want to talk about a couple places where people have said we're wrong, and I don't know if we are, and we'll do that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Jump into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. It's very easy to use the app. Tons of betting options, spreads, player props, over-unders, whatever it might be. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on Kick off the NFL season, get ready for the MLB playoffs with FanDuel, an official partner of both the NFL and Major League Baseball. Okay, so one of the most common areas where people reach out to us and say, hey, we think you got this wrong, has been being out on Sedane Raffaella of the Boston Red Sox. And a lot of people have pointed to his performance this year in the majors as evidence. To catch you up on this, Sedane Raffaella starts the year in A Portland. 60 games, he goes 294, 332, 441. Six home runs, 24 extra base hits. It's fine. He goes to AAA, Wolchester. They, always, they also talk about how we don't say that boss enough for 48 games. 312, 370, 618 slash line, right? 30 extra base hits in 48 games he gets called to the bigs and right before he gets called to the bigs i say hey i'm out on cedaine Raffaella. he does not walk nearly enough he chases way too much in his first 20 games in the majors 305 328 492 two home runs seven extra base hits one for two on stolen bases two walks to 20 strikeouts and i've had a couple of people say hey you were wrong on cedaine rafaela I don't think I'm wrong on Sedane Raffaella. I really don't. I still think it's very early, and I think the small sample size is what's getting people. His walk rate in the majors, 3.3%. The average is 8.4. His strikeout rate is 10% higher than the major league average. He's striking out almost 33% of the time. And he's not necessarily showing the power that he needs to be an above-average regular. His average exit velocity is 86.4. Again, the major league average is like 88.4. His max is 107. What he is doing, and I still don't know if it's sustainable because this is not normalized after 20 games, after 59 uh, at-bats, is he's maximizing his sweet spot percentage. 41% is one of the highest numbers in all of the majors. And it's so out of line with everything else. All of the underlying fundamentals that I had issues with for Zidane Raffaella in AAA are still there. His chase rate in AAA, 42.5%. His chase rate in the majors, 40.7%. His zone contact rate in the minors, 84%. 84%. His zone contact rate in the majors is 80%. And to this point, he's mostly been productive off of fastballs. He's batting 313 on sinkers and 267 on four seamers. But outside of that, he is chasing and he is swinging and missing a lot at everything else. He's batting 100 on curveballs with a swing and miss of 35%. He's swinging and missing 46% on sliders. He's swinging and missing 33% on sweepers, on changeups. He's swinging and missing 29% on sweepers and 30% on cutters. The, the, the swing and miss is going to catch up to Sedane Raffaella. He's batting 353 on fastballs. And he's batting significantly worse on everything else. But he's gotten over 50% fastballs. MLB is going to adjust. I am not convinced that we got this wrong. I am convinced that the sample size is not big enough. He's going to have to work on not chasing out of the zone. And finding some more power in that profile. To be anything more than a defensive replacement and a utility option. The speed is good. 82nd percentile. His defense, and incredibly small samples, because he hasn't played a ton of defense, is right on average. No extra outs above average given. Arm value isn't even on the leaderboard yet. But he's going to have to be more disciplined at the plate. And it's an 820 OPS right now in 59 at-bats. It's a very small sample. It is very much one big hit or one strikeout can significantly change some of this. But all the underlying numbers have shown that he has not yet disciplined enough to be an average major league regular at the plate. Another thing that people have said that we have gotten wrong is the Baltimore Orioles... And the trade deadline, just because the Baltimore Orioles have stayed in first place and have had the best record in the American League does not mean they did not need to go out and get more pitchers at the trade deadline. John Means came back, which is great. They've moved Flaherty to the bullpen. They have, they lost their number one, like their closer. It's very early because I was saying you need to go get more than one pitcher, not for August. Not for September, but for October. Now, Grayson Rodriguez has looked so much better since he came back up. And you have means now. And so it looks a little bit better on paper going into the postseason. But also, you've already moved Flaherty to the bullpen. And you're not even in the postseason yet. Who's your game three starter? How effective are they going to be versus some of the other teams you'll face in the postseason and their number three starters? I still think Baltimore needed to get another starter at the deadline and I'm sticking with that. Fantastic week this week. Heading into the weekend. You guys enjoy the games, whether it's baseball, whether it's football, do all of that. We'll see you on Monday. If you have questions for Monday's mailbag, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Shows on Twitter at LockedOnFarm. Tons of ways to get them to us. But in the meantime, remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor leaguer.